Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned from musicians' backstories, as well as from building successful careers in the music business. My name is Nick O'Brien, and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events that Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. On occasion, I'll be joined by Allison M., the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, as she and I will dive into topics relevant to the music industry. So let's get down to business. Hey, hey, and welcome to this episode of the Musicians Venture Podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Brien. And for this interview, I was delighted to sit down with Milwaukee-based female vocalist B.D. Greer, who is a Wisconsin Music Ventures member musician with a background in singing R&B, jazz, blues, and soul. She got her start in Nina, Wisconsin, but after high school, she moved to New York, where she spent 21 years before returning to Wisconsin in 2020. Since then, she's been making a name for herself in and around the Milwaukee music scene. Now, BD and I did this interview at the end of December 2022, and at the time, she had been named a finalist for Milwaukee's Best Female Vocalist, which is an honor presented by the Shepherd Express magazine in Milwaukee. Just a few days after the interview, the Best of Milwaukee's award ceremony was held, and BD was in fact named Milwaukee's Best Female Vocalist in 2022. So please join me in congratulating her for winning that honor. BD and I did the interview in a very fancy executive conference room at the iconic and historic Pfister Hotel in Milwaukee, which is relevant because on top of being an award-winning vocalist, BD is also the chef concierge at the luxurious high-end hotel. Now, to be honest, I wasn't really sure what a chef concierge was before sitting down for the interview, but I learned from her that chef concierge is French for head concierge, which is a pretty high honor in the hotel industry. Basically, BD knows pretty much everything about Milwaukee that a hotel guest would want or need to know, so she can provide guests at the Fister with connections to the city so that they can enjoy a personalized experience in Milwaukee. During the interview, BD reflects on her 20-plus year singing career in New York City, and you'll learn that the Fister is not the first luxury hotel where she's held the chef concierge role. She also talks about how supportive her family has been throughout her singing career, getting her start in musical theater, which took her to New York for college and then opened the door for her singing career to take off. She reflects on the types of music she loves to sing, all the cool opportunities she's had to sing with well-known artists, the transition she made from a full-time singing career to a hospitality career, and then when and why she decided to move back to Wisconsin. She shares how her singing career restarted after relocating to the Milwaukee area, and then she talks about the other musicians who helped make that happen. We talk about the Milwaukee music scene and the amazing artists that she's met in the Wisconsin music community, the lessons that she's learned throughout her music career, and the three favorite gigs that she's had in Wisconsin. And at the end of the interview, BD shares words of advice for other artists and then offers herself up as a resource to any musician needing encouragement or support. Now, I learned in this interview that BD is a really genuine and generous woman in the music industry. And this was such a great conversation. So I hope you enjoy it and that you get a lot out of it. First, BD, thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me into this great space for this conversation. Well, absolutely, Nick. Thank you uh, so much for asking me. And uh, yeah, welcome to uh, my other home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, 
How does it feel to 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 be like kind of noted as one of Milwaukee's best female vocalists? And hopefully, you know, you'll find out in in, in just a what, a little less than a week yeah. whether or not you've been named that. But just what what did it feel like to be to be nominated to be named a finalist? Yeah. Um, so it's been quite a, a whirlwind, uh, this last year. Um, you know, I, I moved my family back to Wisconsin, uh, three years ago and it wasn't to do, have anything to do with COVID. It just, uh, was, you know, it was kind of time I'd been in New York for a really long time, 21 years or so. And, uh, had my, my oldest, my little one at the time. And my husband, uh, is a Brooklyn born and raised Brooklyn, but loves Wisconsin. So it was just time to kind of venture. I think what was the next step, you know, New York, definitely it's, it's, a fun place to be. And it's open to when you don't have kids. <laughs> so it definitely was going in a different direction. So cut back to us being here. And yeah, this year, um, you know, a friend of mine was kind of uh, reached out and said, um, do you know, your name is being um, filtered in this uh, contest for the Shepherds Express. She's like, there's literally like six different ways to say your name. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. Like, you know, tell me. And so I kind of looked more into it and sure enough, you know, there was BD Greer, Brianna Greer, B. D. Greer, like all these different ways of saying. And so it was, um, yeah, a, a true honor that I kind of had started to make, um, a name for myself in Milwaukee and that I was being welcomed, you know, cause it's Milwaukee is, uh, truly, a phenomenal city of artists. And I'm a huge fan, you know, besides being a, a vocalist myself, I love musicians and I love hearing um, talent and art. So for me to, um, I guess, have a foot in that is a, a real, real big honor. Yeah, that's awesome. Are, are you at all? Because I believe you'll you'll learn whether or not you won on this coming Tuesday yeah. at the Big Shepherd Express yes. event. Yeah, at the Marcus Center, uh, January third. So, and uh, are you? How are you feeling? Are you are you nervous? Are you? <laughs> does it? I mean, I, I guess it's it's kind of an honor. It's it's absolutely an honor just to be kind of a finalist. Does it? Does it? Would it feel any different? You know, to be named the winner. Right. I know. I mean, I don't know. I'm always. I'm one of those where. Um, um, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know, uh, it, it doesn't define who I am or what I'll continue to do. Um, but yeah, I think it would be, I mean, you know, it would be really, really nice and I'd be extremely humbled and I probably will be a crying mess, <laughs> but I'm also really excited, um, for my husband and I to, um, have this night with all these wonderful people, you know, this will be a really great chance for us to be able to connect and to meet a lot of these people that I've, you know, I've seen, or I know the name of. And, uh, so for me, I'm just looking for, um, a great night to connect with the community. So, yeah. 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 And you've, uh, currently you, I mean, you, you're at the jazz estate, like once a month, you sing at St. Kate. What else is kind of on the docket for BD Grew right now? Um, it's, yeah, it's been, well, you know, it's, it's a, it's a huge honor to work for the Marcus group. So the Fister hotel, the St. Kate hotel and the Hilton, uh, they're all part of the Marcus group and, um, Greg Marcus and his family and my entire, you know, management team, corporate team here is huge supporters. You know, they support, um, you know, kind of this 
um, love of mine, you know, that has come back into my life, which is amazing. So for me to, yeah, work at the hotels once a month, which I do is amazing. And, you know, Jazz Estate and Bar Centro, um, you know, they've been so welcoming and, and loving and River West Pizza is a huge place, outdoor venue that I love. Um, you know, it's a dear friend of mine who owns that. Um, so I don't know. I just, uh, I kind of opened myself up to these places that, you know, maybe fit with my style. Um, you know, I kind of have two sets that I do. Um, but for me, it's, um, at St. Kate hotel tonight, December 29th. Uh, and then I'm actually fortunate, uh, enough to be at Loopy and Iris, which is this new restaurant. It's like not even a year old, but it's real cool. And the vibe's amazing. Food's awesome. So I'll be the entertainment there for new year's Eve. Cool. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, I've got a couple great, um, events coming in January and then, um, February I was asked to go down to Naples for a private event. So, you know, it's, um, it's opening, um, just enough, you know, just the right things, you know, for me, it's important what fits, um, right with my family. Cause you know, I am now at a different stage than when I was in my twenties and Mm thirties. And so for me, um, again, I'm really open to what fits best for the family, but so far it's been, you know, pretty accepting and fitting and, um, you know, it helps that I have an amazing partner. Um, my husband is amazing. And so I'm able to do this because of him. So, yeah. yeah. And does your, does your family often come out and, and, you know, see you perform? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely had an amazing stage mom when I was younger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my background was actually, um, musical theater, like that yeah. I was a musical theater girl through and through. Um, and so then when I moved to New York at 18, it's kind of when I, um, found this other side, you know, found the other genres and, and musicians to work with. And, and I, I saw that that was something I, I loved doing. And so that opened a whole other side, but yeah, I mean, my parents are probably at everything they can be, you know, they're up in uh, Nina, Wisconsin. So, you know, when they can, they come down, but I'm fortunate enough to work a lot up in the uh, Fox cities, Nina area, Oshkosh, because of um, musicians I've, I've still kept in contact with. So sure. And you're from Nina originally? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Chicago. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, definitely Midwest gal. Um, but I sixth grade on, I was up in Nina, Wisconsin. And, um, you know, I, I was very fortunate, you know, because Nina and Appleton, you know, they really are so enriched in music. And I don't think they had even touched what it was to be as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back then I think you, there was a lot of, um, the musical theater support, you know, um, you had places where you could play if you were, um, a, a musician and artist, but it's not like what it is today, but yeah, I, I feel very, very fortunate being, um, able to say that I was from the Fox cities, you know, cause I really, it really opened up my world to, um, the love of singing. So, yeah, well, let's, let's dive into that a little bit more. I like to always kind of rewind with my guests and, um, you know, I'm fascinated by musicians and just, and just the, the journey. And so I'm always curious to find out like at what point in your life were you drawn to music, not just like, you know, listening to it or consuming right. it, but also creating it. What were the, influences or inspirations that were part of that experience. Can you take us through that? Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I, you know, it was, I, right away from an early age, you know, my mom knew I could sing and, you know, I had, um, a passion for that. I wasn't an overly out, um, um, energetic kid, you know, so it wasn't like I was like theater, that's my thing, you know, but I loved to sing. And, you know, if you asked me to sing, I would do it. You know, I, I loved 
the connection. And so right away we put me in, um, you know, kids programs and in musical theater shows and it just started. And then, uh, I don't know, the progression really grew once I started, um, connecting and knowing that I had something to offer. Um, you know, I really, the one regret I do wish was that I had continued with piano or I had picked up an, an instrument, um, because I feel that would have opened up a little quicker my connection now to, um, musicians and to maybe the connect of music itself, instead of what I knew was just, uh, theater and the arts and which is great, but it was my connection in the theater world always, I was really, really good at the singing acting. You know, I was always really good at musicals that Jesus Christ Superstar, the Who's Tommy or the Sondheims or that, you know, where you were singing the story. And so I, I knew that that was something I was, I was, I was special at, sure. <laughs> but, you know, if you had given me a straight play, I'd be like a, you know, a deer in a headlight. Sure, <laughs> so yeah. I knew that kind of wasn't where I was going to go. But I still had teachers that were like, well, you you have to learn it as well. And I do appreciate that because it, it, I think it continued to make me a connected actor with, with my singing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I've been part of the theater world and, you know, when I was 18 years old, I was uh, supposed to go to Green Bay uh, University. And because I have such amazing supportive parents, I was like, no, I need to go to New York. I need to do it. I'm ready. And uh, I was able to get a, a program out there, uh, American Musical Dramatic Academy. And so I was very fortunate to do a two-year program with them and it just started the ball rolling. And so when I was in New York, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I had parents who in the supportive way dropped me off, <laughs> okay. you know, in New York city and yeah. that was it. But, yeah. you know, I knock and wood, I never had a, um, a single bad moment of, of where I just, it's always about street smarts, you know, mm-hmm. but New York always was inviting to me. It, it was never anything that had a scarring moment. I mean, I will always have a love and fondness for New York. So, yeah. So talk to me about like just the experience of kind of getting, you know, in, integrated yeah. into New York coming from Nina. Right. Wisconsin. No. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm imagining that, you know, there's um, most of your friends were probably, you know, in, you know, in the program, uh, themselves and and so just take me through the experience of like you know um you know living in New York as an 18 year old and 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 how that blossomed into you know 20 plus years yeah it's it's crazy I mean it's it's I literally you know I'm 18 years old I land in New York City um I was fortunate to I didn't want to live in the dorms um and my parents were okay with that so I got a, a studio apartment on 79th and Riverside which was a really really nice safe area on the west side of um Manhattan and my parents felt safe with it um I actually found a roommate who we like bunked we had bed bunks oh really cool <laughs> in this huge studio which was really nice you know we had our own little bathroom and little kitchenette and you know, we, um, she was from uh, the same school. And so, yeah, we just, we shared that room for, you know, a year or so, and then she took off and then I eventually just kept the apartment. And so, you know, it's, it's crazy because you're in New York and it's good that you have this structure and, you know, I did go to a conservatory. So, you know, when people think of, of AMDA, you know, there's like good and bad to it. But the thing is, I was so fortunate in my year, whatever it was, you know, it's what you take of it. And I had, 
and have the most, I had the most amazing, talented people in it. I mean, I, I could tell you like over 20 people have gone off to be famous movie stars and TV stars and Broadway stars. And just to see, you know, the growth of, of whatever my group was, it was pretty cool to be part of. So again, it's kind of what you make of it. And so for me, um, you know, I loved it. I loved um, learning and I loved being part of it, but I was always that person who was like, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. So I was always kind of like jumping the gun. I always wanted to like get going. So then when it was finally time and, you know, this two years had passed, um, I was really, really fortunate to be able to, uh, you know, get, uh, my first show and I was trying with wizard of Oz, um, which was really cool as like in very low key understudy jitterbug, <laughs> but it started, you know, me performing and being able to, um, have a career. And so then from there, it really kind of grew where it was little small regionals. And then I got to know people. And then I was really fortunate. I met, um, a phenomenal director, Donna Drake, who she was in, uh, the original chorus line on Broadway. And she had, um, just become a director choreographer and she took me under her wing. And so for the next years and years and years, I was doing uh Smokey Joe's cafe, which is, um, kind of a music review of that 50, 60 style. And so that really, I think honed in, uh, my love for that music. Um, but cut to when I was younger, you know, my music background, yes, musical theater, but my parents have always really had a love and passion for music. And so the mamas and the papas and the doors and Steve Miller band, you know, so I was surrounded by that, you know, and so it was real old school classic, you know, Jefferson airplane, you know, so I, I grew to love that music, but I don't think I knew what to do with it. So I always just kind of had that love for it. You know, I, I, I loved the eighties. I really wasn't so much of a, 90s lover of music. I mean, I will, I'd be lying if I didn't say I love my instinct guys, you know, at the time. But, you know, I always was one that, that girl who was listening to the classic rock. And so, um, so cut to me being in New York and getting to finally do this review, you know, it was really cool because then it kind of opened me up to all this great music that I loved and I knew that I fit in that world. And so I was just kind of figuring out. And then from there, more and more shows. And uh, I was able to do, uh, the non-union uh, cats. So getting cool. to just, yeah. So getting to, you know, work with that world. I am a great mover. I was never a dancer, you know, so I, I, I started on that show, especially knowing that I really just wanted to focus on um, singing in the vocalization of just uh, theater, you know? And so I didn't know kind of what that was because it, there was this huge transition in theater too, especially where, um, you know, it was like one or the other, you know, it was in my head, I kind of felt like I was going to be in fame or chorus line. Like I, I was such an old school person, even though I was this young person that I thought that's how the musical theater world was. And it transitioned into like the triple threat, which it should, you know, but it just was a different kind of world. And so for me, I don't know if it wasn't, I had, I didn't have the, the drive for it. I don't know there. That's when I started to know, like, I really just wanted to focus on singing and I didn't know if I was going to necessarily be lost in the shuffle or if I was going to be kept in the musical theater world. And, uh, I was still very, very fortunate to work, you know, professionally. Um, and then I started filling in where I was doing, um, backup for like Audrey McDonald. And I was getting to do, um, Gary Sinise, which is, um, you know, the Lieutenant Dan band. Sure. And so that then, um, you know, I got, 
practicing with those kind of amazing people because I was then um, doing the New York City USO troupe. So I was traveling a lot with that. And so I started transitioning out of musical theater and then started doing the whole backup singer and then lead vocalist. And then it was like, I started seeing, oh, this is a whole different kind of career. And so then uh, was doing that. And then I got to do cruise ships. And so that was a whole other world. So it just started building. And then um, it was really kind of in my early thirties where um, it was a whole year where I just wasn't working. And so for me, I think maybe being from the Midwest, you know, I started to feel I wanted more. Um, I was nothing against it because it definitely kept me afloat, but I bartended off and on in between jobs. Sure. Um, I was bartending at um the fire marshal of New York City's like Irish pub. Oh, really? Which was so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> and so those cool. are stories, you know, yeah, but sure. had so much fun there. But I definitely that year I wasn't working and I was just bartending. I I saw myself being like cigarette in hand and being like, what do you want? Kind yeah, of like that large. Yeah. March and I just knew I kind of wanted more. And so, um, yeah, so cut to, you know, with this career, um, I took a hiatus and then I started, uh, in hotels and it's just crazy. You know, it really grew fast in the hotel world. So awesome. Yeah. So when you kind of got into the, the hotel career, did, did that, did your singing career kind of like, ebb a little bit more or how did you kind of because now you're in this world of like balancing like a professional career and then like this this kind of this still this dream of of having a professional singing career how did that how did the balance of that all shake out yeah I think you know honestly I think it was that like huge transition I, I was having like that next chapter in my life and I I really I took a long, hard look and I decided that I was really going to kind of not focus on the auditions and to not kind of reach for, um, what that next job would be, um, as a singer. So I did really kind of cut it out and I really focused on, uh, the concierge world, but I feel honestly, I feel like the concierge job for me brought me back to life. Mm. You know, I had found myself in kind of this, um, you know, perfectly fine, but like a five-year relationship that wasn't going to go anywhere. And, you know, I didn't know where my next step was. And I, I come from a really strong line of women and who have made differences and, and, um, steps in their lives. And I, I knew I had it and I just didn't know what it was. So I knew I wanted to full heartedly focus on whatever a concierge was. Cause of course I had no idea, yeah. but, um, you know, my best friend, um, who married my husband and I, he, uh, you know, he really saw that I could be such an asset in this career. And he was actually the concierge for Tiffany's in New York. And so he said, you should totally be a concierge. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, well, you've lived now already in New York for what, like 12, 13 years. He's like, you know, the city inside and out. And that's really what a concierge is. You know, we, we know our city inside and out, and we are the key to any guest that enters that hotel. So, you know, anything they want to know or anything, um, they want to be connected to, we've got the hookup. Mm -hmm. And so it actually really revived me. And I like found myself again. And I, I loved being able to like <laughs> afford things, you know, without sure. not wondering if, 
I was going to be on tour for a year or if I wasn't, or, you know, it was just this really awesome career. And I really moved up fast. And, um, I started my first year at, uh, 60 LES, which is a cool Thompson hotel in the lower East side of New York and had so much fun and learned so much. And then the management team actually wanted to move me over to their 60 Soho property and they completely cleaned out their concierge team and they wanted me to head it. Oh, wow. Which I was like, are you serious? What an I think you're, you know, but you know, my, um, my general manager from my first hotel, she said, don't ever, uh, turn down an opportunity. Cause you never know where it's going to lead you. And, you know, she really taught me to be, uh, strong and, um, independent and to know my worth again, and to just kind of trust that I was this leader who could do this. And so, yeah, I was, I was at the um, 60 Soho hotel and, you know, got to meet and know and see this whole awesome world. Cause it's a really cool, trendy hotel in New York. And so it just was a really cool opportunity that then after that year, I was approached by the W hotels. And so Barry Sternlich, who is the creator of the W's uh, was created a new eco-sustainable hotel. And so it's called the one hotel and it's the numeral one. So one hotel in whatever location. And so he, um, and his team wanted me to, uh, create their team, uh, up at central park. And so I was the concierge for the one hotel central park after two years of being, Holy yeah, it, it was very, very crazy how it, it, um, it went really fast. And, you know, the thing is for me, I think, you know, I've always known I was a singer. I always knew I was a vocalist, but you know, the challenges of being an artist in New York city is there are already so many great people. And the thing is you have to have this drive and you have to struggle and you have to fight. And I, I don't think I had that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I actually had. And again, you know, it was all I ever knew and focused was, um, musical theater. And I loved the vocalist part, but I didn't feel kind of what I felt feel now where I kind of know who I am as a vocalist, um, because of Milwaukee. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just concierge really just kind of gave me that next chapter. And so, yeah, so I started the one hotel central park and I was there for over five years and, um, had an amazing time and met my husband, um, you know, who's originally from Brooklyn and we got married and we had our first kid. And, you know, so a lot of, a lot of things happened in those last nine years of being in New York that I was really fortunate because I really got to connect to the city, um, in a whole other way. And, you know, to this day, I'm still very, very fortunate that I had that because then I was on the board of the New York city concierge association. I was fortunate to win, um, chef concierge, which means head, head concierge of 2018, which is crazy. You know, I was up against, um, all these amazing hotels, the St. Regis and the Mandarin and the plaza. And so for me to kind of grow so quickly was really awesome. Um, and then, yeah, we, uh, decided we were going to leave, uh, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate too, because here I was growing with this association in in New York city and I have some of my best friends still there, but, you know, for the family part, you know, that's, I think that's the Midwest in me and is that my husband and I wanted more for our life and, um, we had to find a new place and our amazing one, one little bedroom, you know, one bedroom in, um, Sunnyside Queens, um, was not going to be available anymore. And so we had to find a place after seven years and it was literally over $3,000 just to rent. Like it was 
insane. Wow. <laughs> I know. And especially knowing I had all these musician friends who had like paid off their mortgage it back home, in, you know, in the Fox cities, I was, I, I kind of put the bug in and my husband's always really loved the Midwest. And so, yeah, we made our move, um, to the Midwest in 2019. How much were you singing at the time when you were kind of climbing the ladder in the concierge world? Yeah, I mean, not much. I mean, I would be reached out to do, um, benefits or I would do concerts for, um, you know, certain artists, or I would, um, you know, actually the concierge world is, is past performers, past musicians. Really? So honestly, every year we would actually do this huge concierge holiday party, but you would get all these producers from Broadway. And so they would be there. And so, you know, it, it definitely, there was always an interest or, Oh, Brianna, you should come back or, Oh, you know, but I, I, I was very content and happy with where I was, you know, and I, I liked, I liked what it offered, what it, what it gave me, you know, and it, it was, it was, it was the right fit for my family and I. Um, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't focus on the singing for a while. So I think I needed a break, you know, I think that last year and a lot of, um, no's and a lot of real close encounters to some really big jobs, especially a lot of couple Broadway stuff. I think I felt really defeated and I felt stripped and I, I, I felt, nervous to go back. I, I felt nervous to go back and audition and do it. And in fact, I've, I've only told a few people, but I started to get like, um, hyperventilating, but a nervousness in my hands. Mm. So if I'd be in an audition, like I'd be singing and I'd be doing it, but then all of a sudden the, my hands would like cramp up. So then all I'm thinking about is like my hands. Mm. And then I was totally not in it. And so I knew I was like, they'd be like, thanks, Brianna. Good to see you. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what this means. So yeah, I I feel like I was, it was good for my soul to have those years off and to just kind of know that I I had worth that wasn't just my singing and that career. Because, you know, if you'd asked me a couple of years um, before I started being a concierge, you know, oh, well, what else could you do? What would be another job? I would not have anything to tell you. Mm. You know, I, I, I didn't see any other thing I could possibly do. And I only had a two-year association, um, associate. So, you know, for me, it would have to go back to school and all of that. And I just, I didn't know what I would be going back for, you know? So it was, it was a blessing to find the concierge world. Yeah. And so when you came back to Wisconsin, um, you, you chose Milwaukee instead of, you know, the Fox cities was, was the, I mean, obviously the Fox cities has a a really vibrant music scene as well, but um, was it, was it more along the lines of that? This is where the, you know, the better opportunity is in the concierge world, or was there any influence of like the music scene in that decision? No, there really, really wasn't. Um, You know, a couple of people kind of had found out I was coming back and it was like, Oh, well, let me know, you know, let's jam or, Hey, you you should join us sometime. And um, we had looked at the fact cities, but for what I do, so in the concierge world, um, you know, I'm part of a union called Le Clédor, and it is a French um, um, saying, especially the chef concierge, that means head concierge. A lot of people think it's a, a misprint, so they think it's chief. Um, <laughs> so I get a lot of people like, oh, this is wrong. And I'm like, nope, nope, it's not. But um, so this union is really, really cool and special. And so being part of that is basically um, you can go anywhere. And so I 
I would have loved to have been in the Fox cities. You know, my parents are up there and we have a lot of, I have a lot of high school friends and, and we just love it up there as well. But, um, the hotel world is just not as up to par as sure. he is. And, you know, the Fister is the Fister. It yeah. is, it is truly the historic hotel of Milwaukee. It's, it's just so much history and it's just such a beautiful, um, team and it's owned by the Marcuses who are, the most kindest and wonderful family in the world. And they um, have supported me so much. Um, but yeah, so we really were just looking for the hotel. And so the Fister, I reached out and I was really just looking to be part of the team. And uh, the head concierge, he had been there for over 30 years, Peter Mortensen, and he uh, just couldn't find anyone. And he actually had been wanting to retire for a couple of years. And so kismet that it is, you know, I landed on his lap and he felt really confident with me and he gave me the position of head concierge. So yeah, that right away, once we knew we got that, we moved out here, we stayed with my parents <laughs> for a couple months and then moved down and we lived in the Pewaukee Waukesha area. Gotcha. So, and we chose that, you know, I wish it had been a little closer, but we chose it because we had, we have family in Pewaukee and um, Brookfield. So for us, it was just, we also wanted to be around community family. We didn't know anyone. So for us, it was a, a really good fit. So, yeah. And at what point then after coming back to Wisconsin, did you start to dabble again in the singing? Well, it was a whole year or so of that. So, I mean, I got back in 2019. I started in December at the Fister. And then, of course, COVID happened. Sure. So COVID happened in March. And um, I found out I was pregnant with my second. I have two little boys, a two and a five-year-old. So, of course, that was like a whole, you know, kind of oh, stop to things. Sure. Um, I probably would have worked through COVID at the hotel uh, just as the uh, front desk team and management. Uh, but when you find out you're pregnant. You don't want to be kind of around that. And we didn't know what was COVID. And so I took a, um, yeah, I took a hiatus and, you know, they took care of me through my pregnancy. That's when I say like Marcus's are amazing. Mm -hmm. They took care of me through my entire um, pregnancy. And when my, uh, youngest Aiden was born. And so then, um, cut to we're in 2020, right? So we've gone through the summer and then, um, in October, you know, the, the hotel just, it still wasn't at to par. And, and so they did have to officially let me go. And so I actually got a job as a, an activities director at a senior community on the east side of Milwaukee called uh, St. Rita Square which is amazing. And so, um, I mean, yeah, so I was almost here two years, you know, with nothing, no singing, mm -hmm. you know, kind of focused on it. It was just about us trying to find where we belong, finding what we were going to do through COVID, you know, keep my family safe. And then through working at St. Rita Square, this is where it, my music, uh, career began, starts to begin again. Um, so I was in charge of the entertainment for the seniors. And, you know, at that time we were able to slowly bring back people. So, you know, as a performer, you know, I knew how to kind of find acts in mm -hmm. the performing um, world of Milwaukee. And so I started digging and found Frogwater, which is this amazing, amazing um, band and uh, folk band. And they just play all sorts of genres and it opened up to like different people. And then, um, 
cut to one of our residents' son, Agi Haz, who is a very, very well-known uh, New York City trumpeter. He's from Milwaukee, but he is the trumpeter in Aladdin on Broadway, but he's also a phenomenal jazz trumpeter. And so he wanted to play at the community for his mom because his mom was asking. Oh, and cool. so he had to go through me. And so we met and we talked and he was like, okay. And then he um, he was going to bring a piano player and it was uh, Mark Therfelder, who is the booker for Marcus and uh, hotels. So St. Saint, um, Cade and uh, Blue at the Fister and the Monarch Lounge at the Hilton. And I was like, oh, I know him. Yep, absolutely. And so then cut back to him coming back to me. And he's like, you're a singer. And I was like, oh, you know, I was. And, and he's like, well, you have to sing a few tunes. And I was like, well, sure. I'm sure they would love that residence. You know, they'd love to hear me. And so um, he played and I, I sang a couple of tunes for him. And that was it. Mr. Aguijas, you know, I guess, you know, liked what he heard. And um, he, uh, he asked me to sing with him. He was in town for a week. And so he was going to be performing at his sister's restaurant, uh, River West Pizza. And so I sang um, with him and he had... Uh he had Mark Davis and he had Jeff Hammond and he had the Dave Bedalus from the Milwaukee Jazz Institute. So the iconic jazz players of Milwaukee and they heard me and uh, Dave, the drummer was like, you should totally be gigging more. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, you know, I could, I could do a few here and there. And I wasn't really thinking and cut to um, finally in July of gosh, where are we now? So July, 2021, um, you know, I'm, I'm back at the Fister and so I'm doing that, but then started, um, performing again and yeah, it was just kind of a trickle. You know, I started with the guys and I was doing jazz, but you know, I think they knew I, I kind of had this contemporary vibe to me. So I wasn't like wholeheartedly a jazz singer. So I think, um, I think those three, Mark, Jeff and Dave for really, um, teaching me and taking the time. Um, you know, I really owe them for not getting giving up on me and still wanting to perform with me. And so I was starting to do uh, jazz estate and blue and, and, you know, different things around. And it just kind of started picking up. And then I met, um, a blues guitarist, uh, Johnny T-Bird, um, who he's up for, uh, a, a nominee for best blues band. And he's also part of, you know, Wisconsin music ventures. And, mm -hmm. and so I met Johnny and, and, you know, that was kind of really a fun way to open up, um, the blue side and, you know, be a little more contemporary. And so I sang with him from here and there. And then, um, he asked me to sing a couple tunes for Summerfest. And so really this last summer, once Summerfest started, it was like, it like kind of blew up. And so from there, um, I really was working with a lot of the Fox cities musicians just because it, I, I am contemporary jazz and blues is how I'll put it is because I like to put, um, the classics, the standards, but I also like to, um, fill in some songs that, um, maybe wouldn't be sung by necessarily a classic standard jazz singer. Um, but it fits. And so, um, you know, definitely I found musicians who were a little more open to that. And so cut to working more with 
the um, jazz orgy from Oshkosh, um, a couple of musicians up in the Fox cities, Keith Scanlon's this amazing guitar player I work with a lot, um, but still working with, uh, you know, the jazz, um, community. It was just, I knew I, I needed to find a little more of where I fit sure. and I didn't want to be something I didn't really feel. Cause I, I wasn't going to be a classic standard jazz singer. And, and I mean, you really don't want to ask me to scat because that's just embarrassing. <laughs> <for everyone. laughs> I mean, I could try and if I had a couple of cocktails, maybe, <laughs> but I, I just, I knew that's not where I should be. Cause there are some amazing, incredible, you know, classic jazz standard, um, singers. And so I needed to find my own, if I was going to kind of, you know, start finding my place in, in the Milwaukee music world. So, yeah. And so how has your relationship like with singing changed as like, you know, in your twenties, it was like, that's what I'm going after. Yeah. This was like my primary source of income. This is my primary dream. And now it's like something that you, you get to do right. as opposed to something that you want to do and have to do to like make a living. Has your relationship with, with singing and music changed at all? Well, you know what? I feel as I've gotten older, you know, my twenties, it was all about gun ho, get it, do it. The best of the best. You have to be the best. You have to be this. It was always about fitting in. I mean, if you ever saw a collection of all the different hairstyles I had, I mean, I've been black, I've been red, I've had short, I've had straight hair. I, you know, I finally, I'm finally at who I am, you know, with my curls and, you know, I, I feel that I'm the most confident and the most secure of who I am as an artist. Hence why I don't want to fit into a box that's already here in Milwaukee. You know, I want to be able to kind of find um, a place for my own and it may be small and maybe not be big or, you know, it may not top the charts, but it's something. And that's really for me all I am looking for, you know, is that I know I have a special talent and I know I can sing and to be able to do that again is really, really exciting. And, you know, the concierge world now here, um, with the Fister, it's, you know, I, I work very hard for them, but they also are really good to me. And like I said, the Marcuses, um, you know, I've been able to sing with Greg Marcus, who's an amazing jazz pianist. And um, I've had, I've had his support from day one when he comes to see my gigs when he can. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm able to go to work and then go to a gig after and, you know, get to do these or, you know, I have an amazing colleague, um, Bernard Runo, who's with my concierge team and he's there for me too you know, when I need to do certain gigs or if I leave early. So, um, I'm surrounded by people who want to see me succeed and that's really awesome and promising. And, you know, not that New York ever didn't support, but it's, it's not about holding your hand, sure. you know, and, and maybe I'm a little more sensitive and, you know, I've seen, I mean, my best, best friend struggled and struggled, but he finally got his Broadway, um, career, um, just before he turned 40. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, he has worked in nonstop, huge Broadway shows, but you saw he struggled. He, mm-hmm. he, it was morning, noon, and night, that career. And I think that's why I did not have that, you know, but 
I would, I have it in my own way um, sure. for what I'm doing right now, because I, I work hard to do the best I can. I work hard to have the best musicians. Um, you know, I'm working hard to create the style of what I do. So that is enjoyable. And yeah, it's nice to be able to have, you know, the Fister and the concierge paycheck, you know, behind me sure. to be able to help me with that. So, yeah, I mean, you've had such an incredible journey and I'm sure there's been tons of lessons learned along the way. Is there one in particular that kind of stands out? Like, just <laughs> um, okay, big one uh, for me was that um, it's funny because people always be like, "Oh, Brianna," because I've had some really, really big, you know, final callbacks and things. But this one stuck out for me was um, I had done, I was the original in um, an off Broadway called Sistas. Okay. And it was this musical that um, started in the Fringe, and I was part of it with some incredible credible women who are now Broadway divas. And, um, I was so fortunate to be part of it and I, it was going to get picked up and go to off Broadway, but I had already auditioned and kind of committed to this musical, um, called the breakup notebook. And it was being done by a really great production team. They had done sister act. So it had a lot of promise there. And, there's this part of me where I should have stuck to my guns and listened to me, but I don't think I really know. I knew who I was. And so I kind of was listening to other people. And so I chose to do this breakup notebook and it was so much fun. I got to be with great people, some amazing, you know, artists, but sisters went on to be this humongous long running off Broadway show that then grew careers for every single one of those women in the show. And so I wish I had done that, but I also, I would not have met my husband. I would not have the kids. I would not have had the journey. And so I, I guess I say to our young artists and musicians and those who doubt is to always trust yourself. Mm -hmm. You really it's like, I know I, I laugh at the, my older friends who would tell me that, or who would see things or be like, you need to do this or this. And I'd be like, roll of the eyes, but it's honest that it's really yourself that you have to listen to. No one else is ever going to do it. They're never going to know the true you. And so I wish I had listened to it, but also don't beat yourself up too much because it's really about the journey. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I always tease my husband that if he had met me in my twenties, he probably wouldn't have liked me too much because I was just so crazy. <laughs> but you know, it's it's I've loved all the levels um, and, that I've lived and and I've uh, moved forward. And that's the thing: as long as you continue to move forward and learn from the rights and the wrongs, then you're going to you're going to find success. You know, it'll happen, and may not happen in the way you think but it'll happen, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm a big believer that, you know, the joy is in the journey, not necessarily the destination. Right. Um, I mean, I'm a, I, I never in a million years would have thought I'd been a musical theater vocalist backup, you know, cruise ships, all these amazing, crazy singing careers going into the concierge world where then from concierge, I was able to like come back to my singing and it's like, it's such a full circle, you know, but concierge, why I'm so good at it is that I had a trillion million jobs in New York city <laughs> that then made me know how to be a concierge. And it's really just millions of jobs, you know? So. Right. Yeah. And we were talking, you know, before we started the interview about just like the 
vibrancy of Milwaukee's music scene. And, you know, that's, that means a lot coming from somebody who spent 20 plus years in New York's music scene, mm-hmm. like, and, and now you have this lens um, on being a performer, but also being, you know, kind of a concierge and just like, it, I don't, I mean this in the, in the, in the nicest way possible, but like, kind of like a, you know, everything mm-hmm. about the city. What, what do you think stands out uh, about Milwaukee's music scene um, that you think a lot of people don't know about or don't take, you know, an immense level of pride in. I, I think we're an underdog in a lot of ways, sure. but particularly when it comes to the music scene, just like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on that. Yeah. I mean, oh man. I mean, Milwaukee itself is, it's so, um, I mean, we, we hold one of the largest Midwest music um, summer music series. I mean, the Coachella of the Midwest, that's what I always mm-hmm. tease and tell people, you know, and the thing is under that layer, you have all these amazing, amazing artists. And it's not just singers or these musicians, but you have people who are creating and they're creating really, really good music. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, my husband will always tease, you know, ever since he's been with me almost like 10 years, he'll say my entire life, whether I'm watching a movie or I'm like listening to podcasts or music, he's like, it's surrounded by Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Like it'll always pop up in every movie you watch. It's always about Wisconsin. And so Milwaukee and the music scene, I mean, you can just go to so many different venues and just find so many different artists. And that's why for me, I'm, I feel that I'm really fortunate that I was able to connect and start with jazz because that wasn't ever anything I really focused. Although when I was a USO performer, that is kind of where I started learning the classic American standard book, because that fits with that 1940s style. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was doing for so long. And so my, my dad will always tell you, he said, I should have been a jazz singer. And I'm like, well, I wish I had listened to you <laughs> or you should have spoke louder. Cause I didn't hear you. But, um, yeah, I, I feel starting there is great because then it's giving me this confidence to grow, to find where I fit. But I mean, I love, I mean, Steph Lipper is amazing. She's a crazy, awesome artist. I love Jenny Thiel. I mean, that girl's voice is my by far my favorite of all um you know donna woodall's amazing marcia danielle i mean she's the heart i mean she's really the reason why i'm with you all Mm -hmm. is that she introduced me to allison and you know i feel very very fortunate and lucky that she guided me and took a moment because she's such a busy lady herself you know um raf i mean i mean gosh i mean just such amazing amazing artists you know and they don't have to be these big build ones, not yet, yeah. but you can go to any of these venues that are supporting local artists and musicians, and you're going to see an outstanding show. Yeah. Did it surprise you when, when Marcia told you about Wisconsin Music Ventures and, and Allison, that there was something like, you know, this, this kind of effort to build a community of independent Wisconsin musicians. And I was actually really excited. You know, I mean, anything that she does believe in, I mean, I would follow her through because she's such a beautiful soul herself. So when she kind of talked about it and had mentioned there was something like that, I really felt, I don't know, it was like a light bulb. Like I felt an interest to know what this is, you know? And I've always said to Allison that it's not even that I want a gig 
I'm not in this to um, find my performances, but it was ever, if you ever needed volunteers, if you ever needed help, I want to be part of a community that's part of music, that Mm -hmm. is part of people wanting to be together, you know? And I've always, you know, if it wasn't a different time in my life too, I'd probably be even more, you know, involved. But, you know, like I said, you know, I do enough that fits for my family and that's a lot as well. And, and so for me to find you in this group and Allison, you know, I, I do find it to be such a, a blessing cause it's really, um, you know, I've made some really great friends from it too. So, yeah. Is there a particular gig that in, in, since you've been back in Wisconsin that stands out as just like your favorite or the most, is just like the best experience that you've had? Well, I mean, every single gig has been phenomenal. Can I say three? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And they're all very different. So Summerfest, mm-hmm. because that really was like, that started everything. It was like one Summerfest happened and it just kind of, um, you know, my husband made my my website and we had things to build off of and it just started growing. Then I was able to start to get more gigs. Um, second was um, Sherilyn Wilson Center. Um, I absolutely love that theater in Brookfield. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I think they are really trying to figure out how they can support young artists, which is what I'm into 110% because, you know, it's really the young um, generation that we have to continue to teach them, you know, not to be just a singer. I wish someone had said, no, learn that instrument, be part of music theory, you know, learn more of that underground stuff. Cause that will only build to make you a better artist. Um, but, uh, that one, you know, I did, uh, a really great show on November 11th, which was, um, a, a veterans day and that was sold out and they hadn't had a sold out show for their music series in quite a while. So that was a humbling experience. And then, um, the third was this place called the art of joy and mercantile up in Cedarburg. Okay. It is amazing. And all of you should reach out to them. They, if you need their information, their booker, please let me know, reach out to me, but it's just this phenomenal little space in Cedarburg, which is also amazing. And they're trying to bring back a lot of music in Cedarburg because it had closed because uh, of COVID. Mm-hmm. But um, the woman who opened it, she, it's like a niche trinket store but it has this amazing little bar and she makes the most ridiculous amazing cocktails there was like this cotton candy thing you threw champagne like just crazy it's just a cool experience and then upstairs is just this cool little area that you can sing and it's just very acoustic you don't need a full band and it was just really an amazing experience and they were just so supportive and she built this because she was a past performer herself and she built this place for people to create and sing and just feel like this was their home and they could do what they wanted. So, and that happened just like a week or so ago. And I was, yeah, I I couldn't stop talking about it. It was just such a, you know, it was one of the smallest venues I'd performed at, performed at, but it was such a, um, endearing, um, she was just so, kind and it was just a great experience so sure yeah i mean honestly from something like that to something of summer stage you know any of the big stages i i each performance i've done has been so memorable you know one because i surround myself by amazing musicians Mm -hmm. so it's always electrifying to create and sing off of that and um, been very fortunate that you know a lot of the places that have taken a chance on me or opened their doors to me that i've been able to be at some really great venues that's super awesome 
Do you have a, a a favorite song or maybe a few songs that just like the, like they they speak to you as you're singing them different differently than any other song? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd rather go blind. Okay, uh, is a huge one for me because Etta James is just a huge mm-hmm. huge um, love of mine, and Etta really is kind of my middle ground for that standard to the contemporary I do because she is herself also kind of not just a classic standard jazz singer. Um, you know, but I, I love singing anything Etta James, but I'd rather go blind is one that I always connect to. Um, I actually really, really love singing, um, long train running. Okay. <laughs> so I actually have two sets. So I, you know, I do my, um, my jazz classic, um, jazz or contemporary style with a lot of great musicians. And then I have this classic rock set that I do hence at St. Kate. That's kind of our classic rock soul. And I just love singing it because once I start singing that it like, it, it affects people because where they're like, Oh, I haven't heard that song in a very long time. So that's kind of what my goal is when I do that style, the classic rock soul is to bring out that like, Oh, those are songs I haven't heard in a really long time. And that of course then comes from my parents sure. of, of that kind of music. So I don't know. Those are songs that stick out. I love cry me a river. Um, I love um, singing um, G baby, a lot of Nina Simone. So I, I love songs. I love songs that um, I don't know that I can connect to. And it's kind of like, I feel like it's a song itself. That's what I feel like as a musician or when I'm singing, um, cause I can sing soft and low, but then I'm also kind of doing this crazy rock stuff up in the, the high areas. Um, and so, yeah, I think whatever song I feel is itself a song I like to do. So, yeah, well, I'm, 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 hoping I can make it to St. Kate today Ooh, to, to see some of these. Um, yeah, it's with Matt Schrader. He's uh, a guitar player that is my number one. I've worked with him for the last year on a lot of great things. So yeah. cool. I'm looking forward to that. Like, yeah, I mean, I asked because I'm, I don't know, there's always music everywhere in Milwaukee. I try to go to as many shows as possible and um, certainly try to, uh, you know, go to the shows of the people that I have on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but it often happens where, I'll, inter- I'll do an interview at like that that night or something. They'll have a show and I'll just go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same, same. So as we kind of land the plane here, um, you know, you've had just such an incredible journey. And um, as as you've, you know, kind of traversed this journey, you seem to get kind of even more familiar and more just knowledgeable about who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that over the course of this conversation, our listeners have have felt that that same kind of uh, draw to who you are. And that sets up the last question that I have for every guest, which is, what is the most important thing for people to know about B.D. Greer? Could be you as a person, you as a performer, you as a musician, you as a mom. What is the most important thing? Uh, the most important thing, well, I always get asked, how do I do it? You know, how do I, how do I play all the different parts? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just, it's taking your time. It's making sure that it fits in your life. It's making sure you're not doing anything that you don't want to do. Um, you know, I, I just, 
want to be the best person I can. I want to be um, a good guidance for my two boys. Um, you know, they love singing. They love the arts. So I want to be able to guide them in the best way I know. Um, so yeah, I guess it's just um, multitasking um, and just taking it step by step. Know who you are. Find a good partner. Um, you know, and just live the best life you can, you know, as I'm, I'm getting older, you know, I, I definitely am realizing more and more that life is precious every single day. Um, and you know, for those who are listening, you know, gosh, if you ever need advice or if you ever need anything, you know, I'm an open book and I'm there to help and guide. So Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So generous of you. Oh, I had a lot of amazing mentors and people in my life and people who never gave up. And so I, I feel fortunate that I'm still here and, and that I'm able to, um, and help in any way. Yeah. Even just to say hi. So, well, if anybody does want to reach out to you, how do they, how do they, how do they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is just B D Greer, G R E E R. So B is in boy D is in Davis, my maiden name and Greer. So bdgreer.com and it has an email that goes directly to my email, bdgreermusic at gmail. And uh, yeah, please reach out. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I know that this episode will be released after uh, the Shepherd Express award ceremony, but um, good luck to you, my Thank friend. You. Um, you I'm so really, I'm really, you're going to get some, <laughs> some good talent out there, but uh, yeah. I feel connected to your journey after this conversation. So thank you for sitting down with me and sharing this and, Thanks for being a part of Wisconsin Music Ventures. Thank you so much, Nick. Really, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you all so much. Thanks for listening to the Musicians Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from wherever you're listening from. Check us out online at themusiciansventure.com for more information on what we have happening, to find past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. Find us on social media at The Musicians Venture on Facebook and Instagram, and at Musician Venture on Twitter. Like and follow us on all those platforms, and hey, while you're there, engage with and share our content with your friends. The Musician's Venture Podcast is hosted by me, Nick O'Brien, with guest host appearances from Allison M. The podcast is produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Newmeyer. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>